da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Knock, knock, ma'am, fam. Get to the chopper and stick around because this one's gonna be a doozy. Yes, it is the Predator Talk on Mad About Movies this week. Hi, and welcome in to another episode of Mad About Movies. I am your trusted host for the day and evening, Kent, along with my co-hosts, Brian and Richard, both of them. Hey, guys. Hello. Subs. Welcome back. Welcome back. A um, little inside baseball on the VIP feed this week. We're talking about School of Rock. And um, so I guess that counts that episode and this episode that Richard will just be sobbing for the entire time, but for both for very different reasons, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear 40 minutes of Richard sobbing, just become a VIP. I mean, that that episode can be yours. But um, yeah, exciting times in the VIP. Exciting times in the VIP last week when we threw it back to Predator, the original Predator. So if you liked the original Predator and you're somehow listening to this episode – which is a definite possibility. Uh, give that one a try over at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP, sign up, and hear our throwback Predator conversation. That was a good one. This will be a good one, though, for maybe a different reason than that one. It was fun to look back and all our good memories and thoughts on Predator, but uh, we like so to many say... good memories. Yeah, we so like to say on the show that... Um, our favorite episodes are great movies. We love talking about really good movies, what we liked, performances, screenwriting, you know, um, cinematography, things like that. Um, we really like Oscar season. I would say we hit our stride in Oscar season. Um, but the, the other kind of episodes that we like doing are the bad movies, the really, really, really bad movies because, of course, there's always a lot to talk about. So the hardest ones to do are the, the B-minuses, you know, the – the operation finales of the world. Uh, it's really kind of hard to – I challenge you at home. Just hit record and try and talk 40 minutes on operation finale. I, I, it was definitely a, a struggle, but um, this will not be one. Uh, plenty to talk about tonight. So much, so much to talk about aside from The Predator. And um, let's get right into it, guys. Last night was the Emmys. I did not watch it. Because, it was? Yeah, it was oh. the, the actual Emmys. Um, not the uh, the arts and sciences awards uh, like we <laughs> talked about last week. This is the uh, apparently there's a real Emmys and a, and a fake Emmys. Sure, um, sure. And so that was last night, but I didn't watch because uh, Undertaker guys like <laughs> in Dallas. Yeah, too. like are you going to watch the Emmys or the the Undertaker? Um, well, I, I actually got lucky because the Undertaker. Um, started his entrance, and then I flipped over to the Emmys, watched the whole Emmys, and then came back, and he was still doing his entrance. So didn't miss a, didn't miss a beat of The Undertaker on uh, Raw last night, but that was uh, that was good. It's hard to get out of, co- out of a coffin at 743 years old. You know, that's, that's He's tough. been dead for well over 40 years. Just, yeah. He, he, it's, um, it becomes Our a struggle every day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I did By not. By the way, Ken, that's yeah. American Treasure Undertaker. Just yeah, it is. Sorry to slight him for that title. Show some respect. He was he was wearing a denim vest and everything under the under the trench coat, but, under uh, the leather vest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, no, I did not get to see it. So what we're going to do here is catch up on it. Maybe Brian, give us some headlines if you did watch it, um, and uh, we'll fill in on the awards. But again, lots to talk about tonight. We're going to hit weekly recommends at the end of the show. 
which I'm very excited about. And we're going to be joined by a guest to talk all things The Predator. So, Brian, if you can pull up your trusted list. Mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch the <laughs> didn't watch the Emmys, like I said, but I did wake up to some of the reaction to it, which was yeah. very mm-hmm. fun. And, um, super, super positive. Super I'm positive, sure. yeah. And uh, this quote, this is the first article I saw. This is Rolling Stone. Just a little, little uh, edit, you know. I'm unfamiliar, but small, go ahead. Small little um, mm-hmm. company called Rolling Stone here putting out this little publication. Um, they said, quote, it was the Bataan Death March in tuxedos. So I think that's oh, good. Wow. I think that's positive, right? Goodness. Not sure what the Bataan Death March is, harsh. but harsh. kidding. Oof. But it really, they really did the say that. That was the review. As low as they've ever been. So that's not great. But I, look, the Oscars were low ratings too. Things come and go. They, these right. We can't pin all of this on one thing or another. It, it, it no, I think we can. <laughs> we can pin this pretty hard on. The Monday night's tough too when it's on the yeah. yeah, that's not a great move. Because yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that right off the top. Um, just moving it to Monday night. Does it say uh, we you should care about us or we don't even care. So we're putting this on Monday night. This no, isn't even they, a weekend. When it's it. on NBC, they have to do Monday night because oh, because NBC contract. was on NBC this year or is yeah. it, on? Okay. it alternates every year, the Emmy. Yeah. So between Fox, between the four networks. So mm-hmm. there's no favoritism accusation. So when it's on NBC because of Sunday night football and that contract, it's on Mondays, but the other three years it'll be on Monday, uh, Sundays. Yeah. But here's an idea. Um, Move this ceremony up two weeks, so you're not competing with football yeah. at all. Do, how about doing it like during the freaking idea. college little league world yeah. series or whatever? <laughs> how <laughs> dare you, Ken? Yeah, you do not take the world series. Yeah. I, I know you. The, the real world series. Yeah, right. I only watch two world series: little league and poker, because I love <laughs> Norman Chad. And you're going to try to take one of those away from me to do this show? Man. We Richard, we know you lost a lot of money in the Little League World Series this year. It's okay. I did. I did. It's gonna be okay. And I shouldn't have bet that heavy on Antarctica. Yeah. But that the, the number they gave me, I mean, plus forty thousand. Right. Yeah. You got to take those nice. odds. You have to yeah. take those odds. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, but look, I mean, the thing is, you expect a twelve-year-old to be professional and catch that fly ball. You know, <laughs> like that's the thing. Just unreal. Ugh. Oh well, I'm telling you. We have to go one year and really gamble and really tailgate. Tailgate like a Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin-Madison game and just get into it with, you know, just really heckle the kids. The LLWS. Well, all right, Brian, you got the list ready? I do. I do. We'll go through, like, the main category, I guess. Um, The Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series – do you, do you want me to give the nominees or just go through it's the It's William winners? H. Macy, right? It's comedy. <laughs> I think he might have been the leading actor. We'll see. Uh, it was, I'm just going to give you the winners. I don't want to – because there's like 12 well, let's Give us the winner. Let's talk about the show first real quick yeah. before we get into this. Somehow sure. everyone's shocked uh, that Colin Jost and Michael Jay oh. were joyless and not funny. Uh, smug. There's smug. smug. There's a show uh, – called saturday night live it's weekly <laughs> for the familiar. most part uh that gives you all that it's almost you know it's it's it was hard to see it coming but it's it's we saw it come. i mean those guys that whole cast is so it's funny i was watching this uh i was i've been watching that new norm mcdonald show on 
on uh, Netflix, yeah. and he has that. He has a great interview with Lauren Michaels. I highly recommend it to both of you, and I may recommend it later in the show. But you know, the 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 everyone talks about, especially of a certain generation, um, their favorite cast, and the the one Lauren hears the most is the Samler, Spade, Farley that cast, Wrong. and that was the only mm-hmm. time he ever almost lost the show. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's, right. It, it's much. It's remembered much more fondly in retrospect. Right than it was in the moment and people I think, did not care for it when it was on the air yeah it was like exactly. a year later when everyone was like hey those <laughs> yeah. guys are funny yeah i enjoy all of their movies so i feel like warren expects that to happen with this cast and i'm gonna tell you something <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen not gonna i've happen. been wrong before though it's just frustrating that for the three of us who have richard much more than i and and kent i think you and i are probably on the same page but have I, I feel like we have spent a lot of time watching and thinking about and really appreciating and digging into Saturday Night Live over the course of our lives. And there's been there's been these weird pockets where it did feel like I was the only person watching it and um, that it, nobody was really paying attention. And they were very good seasons, really good casts and strong comedy, all that sort of stuff. And now we're just in this bizarro period. And I understand part of it is just based on what the current landscape of our country looks like. But it's not funny. It's really, really painfully unfunny. And the performers are not good. And the the tone just of the show, they're on the right topics. Yes. That they're missing. funny. It's like, no, the jokes so have hard. to be good. Yeah. And yet this is the period. We've talked about this a ton off the air. But just this is the period where it's got like. Four, four Emmy nominations for cast members, and the, the just every week it seems like every Sunday night my Twitter feed is just like, gosh, can you believe the stuff that they did on Saturday Night Live? It's just, yeah, whew, what an incredible show! And you're like, it's and it's never the cast; funny. it's always have, like Fred yeah, Armisen came back or Alec yeah. Baldwin did this great Trump thing. It's never anyone that's on. I, I have a. Um, we have I have a, a game that I play with my girlfriend when we watch it on if they can get through a show without a cameo or bring somebody back and they didn't do it the entire season. Well, every time we watched, it was like second, third. Somebody walks in where the crowd goes, "Woo!" You know, like that. That's their crutch now is bringing back the nostalgia or bringing a celebrity cameo in. They can't rely on the talent that they have on the cast, which mm-hmm. is um, not a good thing. If you can't do a show with the cast, it's not a good, not a good thing. Um, and just, they, um, and the hosts are the dangerous ones. That's the, I think the shame of the show. Yeah. The cast should be the ones with nothing to lose and the aggressive comedic mm-hmm. ones, but they're the ones that are always playing it safe and just so boring with their comedy and not well executed. And then the hosts are the ones that will, or special guests will come on and, and have a moment. And that's never how the show should be. Norm, again, bring up, I'm not trying to bring up Norm. I'm not even like a huge Norm guy, but like, he had a great line. Like it's so weird that two different cast members now with Pete Davidson and Colin Jost are dating huge celebrities with Ariana Grande, or as I learned this week, it's pronounced Grandi actually, mm-hmm. and Scarlett Johansson. And Norm was like, when we were on the cast, we were scared of celebrities. Like that's how mm-hmm. that's the dynamic it's supposed to be. <laughs> and it's like they kind of skipped a step. Yeah, they skipped, and they're just like these celebrities now. And then you're like, and it's never really that obvious on that show because that show's live, and there is a real magic to that show. And you can get sucked in by these guests and moments and stuff. But when it's really obvious or when you bring people on to host the Emmys, 
you know, when you brought Seth Meyers and you brought Tina Fey and Amy Poehler to host award shows, gosh, did it pop. And when these guys get off that show, and yeah. that's everyone, you're like, even, um, what's her name? The, the bell of the ball, um, Ghostbusters. Kate uh, McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, who I'm not, a, I don't think is funny, but a lot of people do. And that they're not wrong and I'm not right. I'm just, it's not my taste. But like when she gets on that stage, you're like, this is not, this is too big for her. Like this, mm-hmm. she did that song with mm-hmm. Keenan Thompson and it was painful. Well, I mean, just think about how many <laughs> Pete Davidson is like the most featured person in variety right now. And I, I, like he can't even he, he he's barely on he's, his he own can't show. Get on the show. I don't he can't. I, yeah, it's mm, it's it's tough. It's he, tough. So like yeah. you said, it's shocking that no one could figure out that probably Colin Jost was not going to be great at this. But well, this is uh, clearly an NBC move to put their own people uh, sure. at the front. They're so, sad, sadly like the faces of SNL. Uh, if you unless you want Leslie Jones to host, which no one can take yelling for four <laughs> hours. So um, you know, yeah. Colin. This is all you need to know. Weekend Update, they have two main writers that only work on Weekend Update, right? Each of those writers writes 100 jokes a day during the week. So you add that up, that's 400 jokes per writer. You add those up, that's 800 jokes per week that they have to you choose from lost me. on, on lost Weekend me. Update. And uh, yeah. they narrow it down to the top 17, and none of it's funny. So that's just, uh, just bad. It's <laughs> just bad. Ugh, I don't know if NBC. Uh, I don't know if you want NBC's face of comedy, then I would get American Treasure Ted Danson. But that's just me. Okay, let's yeah. uh, let's do. I'm. Just, can I just? Can we just run through the winners so we don't have to do? Yeah, hit the winners. The, uh, okay, if you have comments. And let, hey, way. hit the winners unless there was somebody that got totally shafted. Sure. Okay. And I mentioned that. Okay. Uh, act supporting actor in a comedy series went to American Treasure. Henry Winkler for Barry, which is Ooh, so yeah. great. Probably well, the best moment That's, of the night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like standing ovation. Everybody was his so first, Is his first Emmy? I think it is. It is. Longest drought ever bef- between first nomination and win. 42 wow. Crazy. Years. Crazy. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, was, he defeated Tony Shalhoub. So that's, a, <laughs> that's all the really brothers. Was, um, was Stephen Root nominated as well for that? He and Barry? was not. He was great. He was, he was great in uh, that in season one of Barry as well. It was a supporting in a supporting role. I thought he should have well, at least gotten a nomination as well. But uh, good for well, uh, Tony good for AT. You know? uh, yeah, I need to go back. I only think I think I watched four episodes of that and then just and fell off. It gets other good. Stuff. I need to go back. Good. Yeah, yeah. I need to go back because I'm Team Forte all the way. Uh, supporting actress in a comedy Hater. series. Sure. To... Said Forte, you noob. Did I say Forte? Gosh. Yeah. Hey, God. My we bad. have a reputation to uphold. Like I've got MacGruber on the brain, as as usual. Don't blame you. Uh, supporting actress in a comedy series went to Alex Bornstein of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's great. That show is great. Big fan there. Maybe Lois, Zaz- Lois Griffin could have picked that up. Yeah, Lois Griffin. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's great. Uh, lead actor in a limited series went to Darren Chris for Assassination of uh, yeah. Versace, American Crime Story. I've not seen any of that, so I can't really comment uh Marie north though with the win on that show too and that one so yeah friend of the show yeah. mother of luke russert friend yeah. of the show so we're good there i might have gone jesse plemons for black mirror if it was me but uh because that that's maybe the best episode of, of black mirror the the uss callister one for the sure one's great so so uh, it, wait it won best miniseries or best actor in a mini best actor in a miniseries okay gotcha right. darren chris 
cool. Lead actress in a limited series went to Regina King, who's great, of uh, Seven Seconds, which I've seen an episode or two of that. It's pretty solid. She's great. Always great. Love her. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. This is such a stat category. This is so good. Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Ted Danson, Larry David, Donald Glover, Bill Hader, and again, a very funny bit by the Emmys to put William H. Macy in this category. Hilarious. It is. Really it shows what real comedy is. Right. Yeah. Was if Jim Parsons not nominated? What? I know. Oh, God. Yeah, to everyone, John, man. John Cryer still somehow was. That's, right. that's when I was offended. I've been on TV in 12 years, but <laughs> still there. The, vo- the, actually, the Academy saw the show and they're like, this isn't a comedy. What <laughs> What have we been? <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe they saw the video without the laugh track that is always circulating on YouTube. Just like, oh, gosh. Uh, and Bill Hader won that category. That's a that's a yeah. big wow. for a boy. Call Love that. him. Yeah. Uh, lead actors in the comedy This series. is the most mad about movies I know. group of yeah. winners ever on this show. Can't, you're going to go ape as we go through. Yeah. And it's like, who'd not have wanted to watch the show less? It's like right. such a... They ruined it with the host. That's, yeah. that's frustrating. You should have been hosting this. Yeah. Uh, um, actors... well, but we would have been actually happy to be there. I know that's a novel concept, but... Yeah. I would be just starstruck and staring off into the, the lights. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. So not smug, at the very least. So there's that. Uh, lead actress comedy series, also pretty stacked. Pamela Adlin, Allison Janney, American Treasure, Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross, Lily Tomlin, and the winner was Richard's own Rachel Brosnahan of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Second year season, in a row? Season two coming soon. Yeah, that was the Globe. Yeah. She won the, the Globe. Globe. She won. First yeah. time she was up for Oh, the Globe. Yeah, I'd never heard of that show until she won the Globe. Now I love uh, it's her. a huge thing. My wife's she's, aware of it. She's so good. That show is, by the way, is great, and she is great. She's, oh, she's so good. She's so good. Lead actor in a drama series. Another pretty solid category, Jason Bateman, Ozark, Sterling K. Brown, who we're going to talk about in a minute. This is us. Ed Harris in his control room. Uh, Milo Vitsimika. He directed the show, too. directed the episode. Jeffrey Wright of Westworld. And the winner, our own future European treasure, Matthew Reese of the Americans, finally coming away with that crown. We love it. Hey, that is good. That's a stack category. That's a good win, man. Oh, Matty. He was Very awesome good. in the last season, too. Why is Matthew oh, Reese not in headlining, every movie? headlining every movie? I don't... He's like the leading... Oh, I don't I don't get it. And even when you're, he's in movies, he's like in two scenes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm writing a movie just to cast him in the lead. He, <laughs> it needs to happen. He's he's really good. He's this Last night should have proven it, or the Emmy should have proven that. He, he's great, and people need to pay attention. He's fantastic. We've been saying it forever. He's fantastic. I wish the Americans could have pulled off the coup and uh, just like get the double win. An outstanding lead actress in a drama series was Tatiana Maslany of Orphan Black that was, I guess, still on the air. Wow. Elizabeth Moss, <laughs> Handmaid's Tale, uh, Sandra Oh, the queen of us all, Carrie Russell, who should have won, and Evan Rachel Wood. They all lost to Claire Foy of The Crown, who I know is very good on the show. The show is very good, all that sort of stuff, but Carrie Russell... Probably, probably should have won that. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take away the Emmy when the girl in the spider's web comes out. I think they're gonna. (laughs) Uh, And I saw that listed. I think it was Variety had a like five upcoming movies, five uh, potential huge movies, and five potential flops. And that was in the that was listed in the huge movie, and I was not expecting that. I feel like that is a real risky proposition. That seems like payola to me. That's a yeah yeah. yeah, That's that's a, a. that's not, an $8 million not, dollar opening weekend, and you never hear yeah. about it again kind of a thing. 
Unless it just banks overseas. I just I don't feel like we care about that here. But I guess we'll find out. Uh, outstanding supporting actor in a drama series went to Peter Dinklage of Game of Thrones. Well-deserved there. Yeah, well Although deserved. Dave, David Harbour might have had something to say about that from Stranger Things. But, uh, but yeah, I think well-deserved. Yeah. And supporting actress in a drama series went to Thandi Newton of uh, Westworld. Um, Saturday Night Live won for Sketch Series. Of course it did. John, it was the only one nominated. That was the that was the thing. So one by default. <laughs> Sketch was at home with Amy Sedaris. Drunk history. I love you, America. Portlandia and the Tracy Ullman show. I did not. I genuinely did not know Tracy Ullman had another show. So just uh, give it to uh, Amy Sedaris because we all like her. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Instead of SNL, can we just do that? Portlandia was great. This yeah, last season true. was so good, though. Sorry, guy. Sorry, man. Just living my truth over here. <laughs> some of the some of the best bits. I've ever seen her on Portlandia, which I can't say about SNL in the past uh, five years. But <laughs> no, do you get it? Because Jeff Sessions is really small, so yeah. I don't know if you really understand humor. But they put him like Wait, on I thought a she was room. doing Hillary. Is that not? Mm. No, but she's he's like a small man though, so that's funny. Oh, just like think when gotcha. you next time you, when you rewatch it, just think about. Yeah, you'll you'll get it. You'll it's get a, it. Now, so once I, I put that in your ear, you won't be able to unsee it. You like, laugh. What's her name from uh, all that that played Ross Perot? That's basically what the bit they're doing, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember that bit? Yeah, like a twelve-year-old yeah. girl doing the best Ross Perot impression <laughs> ever. Uh, they should uh, add Amanda yeah. Bynes to SNL just so That's we can watch. That's not Amanda. Them. It was some other girl that was no, really I know. good. But speaking of all that, I'm just thinking. They did Keenan, no. man. Keenan killing it still. <laughs> True. All that's own. Get Mary, uh, Mary Beth is her name. Mary Beth. Lori Beth. Yeah. Lori, Lori Beth. Beth. Yeah. Get her. She's, she'd be better at weekend update than Joe. It's so funny because I've heard stories that they've tried, you know, they tried out a lot of those, all that people, the Danny Tamparelli's, the Kel Mitchell and <laughs> Keenan, Keenan was the only one that likes that hit with yeah. Warren. They tried out Kel and Keenan like at the same time and Keenan got it and Kel didn't. Um, and the rest is Kel. Kel's still living off that. He's killing it though. Mystery. Oh, yeah, so. he is. <laughs> Still living off that Good Burger swag, you know. All right, uh, what, what else? Uh, we got? Talk series with the John Oliver. Uh, uh, this is that's a strong category. It is, and it drives me nuts. Uh, two things, and I don't watch any of these shows, but it drives me nuts. I always think it's such bull to put, uh, uh, like, you know, even a bad show like CSI up against some prestige drama that has like 11 episodes because they have to do 22 and i hate the variety thing that it's john oliver and samantha b who do one show a week versus jimmy kimmel and others that yeah, have to do five shows those are two totally different muscles they should be rewarded separately and i hate that there's no award for host yeah because that's, that's a different part of the show too is there like is drum, john oliver a variety show there's no that's what i mean there's no guests talk, there's no talk talk series is what they, they call He's it. just yeah, it's just I know, it's, it's just a fake news show. But they need to do a weekly, because there's enough of those weeklies now. Yeah. Uh, that they've got to split that. Because that's such a different thing than Jimmy Kimmel just going out there and, mm -hmm. you know, finishing his show and knowing he has to do another one in 23 hours. Yeah. Not it's to say what John Oliver and Samantha B do isn't very hard as well, but it's just such a different thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's unfair to the, to the Kimmels. You're right. Because yeah. John Oliver's staff has a week to come up with this epic yeah. Like political satire yeah. bit, you know, that they can roll <laughs> off they for have, twelve minutes. They take like a whole summer off, or right. they have like an off season. Too, they do. Oh, I like hate that. 
I hate that. John Oliver would be on for two weeks, and he'd be like, <laughs> bye, we'll see you at Christmas. He'd be like, you did two shows in two weeks, and you're off till Christmas? They, they take like seven weeks off. That sounds like a great, great gig if you can get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's still really difficult with the research and stuff they do, but I I just feel bad for the nightly guys because yeah, yeah. that's brutal, right? And if but we should say if HBO wants to let us try that, just a couple episodes, give us a couple weeks to figure. We need at least eight weeks for vacation to plan first. Yeah, we've got, exactly. we've got a Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I was going to say we do have the Fleetwood Mac posters yeah. at the ready. Yeah. yeah, ready to go. We'll take that check. Anytime. If you can just get us Affleck, we'll. <laughs> Okay, uh, Outstanding Limited Series went to the assassination of Gianni Versace. Outstanding Comedy Series went to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, that's a, that was a tough, that was a, a pretty thick category. And Outstanding Drama Series, Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, The Americans, This Is Us, Westworld, and the winner is Game of Thrones. So big, big night, pretty big night for, uh, for old Game of Thrones and uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I've heard of that show. I've heard there's woods involved. There yeah, are some more. Maisel, Barry, and uh, and uh, Game of Thrones were the big winners of the night, right? Yeah, I think that's part of. Uh, don't get me started on the. I don't want to go back down the the show because I know it was not well received. Um, but I think part of the reason the show seemed like even more of a slog than it was was that the same shows kept winning. That's never fun. At that mm-hmm. that sh- at that show especially, it gets it's very noticeable. Not that yeah. it's wrong. Every one of those. I mean, I, I can't pick any of those that, that weren't deserving, but when they don't mix it up, I think it, it bums the room out. Yeah, no, I agree. I would agree with you. So that's what we got. I, the, I watched highlights, quote unquote, this morning. I didn't watch the show. I usually do. Yeah, so do I. Did not this time around. The Monday was weird and also the host, but the monologue was terrible. I watched that this morning. It was just like. I, how bad How bad was it? Even for the, I haven't seen it. I it? mean, it was. <sighs> maybe like the like an average weekend update i mean there was like three or four uh, i heard there was just like yeah white people are terrible like yeah i mean that's, that's what it was it was Which a very, is, by the way true <laughs> but as i could say that but it uh played into what you said earlier richard it's it you gotta have jokes like yes the the you can't just come out and say a relevant thing you have yeah. to have a thing that backs it up with you know a laugh that'd be great but uh, but they, had they only smirk. have like six months to prep for it, though. I mean, <laughs> well, they've been busy with them off. Else. Yeah, yeah caught them right. off guard. Che took 26 hours to deliver one line. He just kept breaking up. But, you know, it was that's that's what's endearing about him, I guess. It's, it was it's pretty rough, man. It's pretty rough. Highlight of the night probably was that guy proposing to his girlfriend from the stage. That was. Oh, the, yeah, I saw that. Most people were talking about more. You than know, that's a good, good sign. And the yeah. highlight is a, an awkward proposal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Better than I hate the those. <laughs> yeah the dundies uh what else we got that's it man that's that's all the big ones there it's all the big ones well um sounds, sounds like quite an eventful emmys and um who knows we'll who will host next year you want to place your bets now well it just depends on what network it is because it'll it'll be be the prom- mm. promotion so you know what would have been great for nbc mm. sandberg yeah, yeah. Say, just got we got Brooklyn Nine Nine, and stick it to the other networks. He's back mm-hmm. with us, and he's good at hosting. And yeah, the problem mm-hmm. is that he's already working on yeah, that show. Yeah, that's true. Because probably... they start they start in August, so you have to have a late night person that can take a couple. Yeah, I don't know if it's CBS. It'll probably be you know, Les Moonves. 
Um, Must move next. <laughs> wow. You know, it'll, well, it's a whole year later, bro. You don't know. So since Les Mumez is gone, does that mean we bro. get to fire James Corden? <laughs> since that was his call? I think it was Corden last year. Oh, no, she, he did the Grammys. He did the Grammys because that's CBS. Because um, nothing says relevant music like CBS. Carpool uh, Karaoke, though, is, that, is rele- pretty got, relevant still. got that Who song. Rock that Who song. Uh, <laughs> Fox is always the weird Who one. Are you? You! Fox always tries to do something weird with the Emmys because they're Fox. They're like, we're doing it in the round. It's like, why? <laughs> why, are you, why is there a round stage? There's yeah. always something like that. That's brutal. The best, uh, <laughs> there was one they did, some awful stage thing, and it was um, James Spader won for, I think, Boston Legal. He beat, mm-hmm. I remember it was controversy and, and justifiably, even though I love Spader, he beat, uh, he beat Gandolfini. On the la- Gandolfini in the last, oh, uh, yeah. last year of the Sopranos. But Spader, just in all of his weirdness, takes like 11 <laughs> minutes to get to the stage and then just goes, Well, there's a car wreck in between. You know, it's, it's tough. <laughs> he goes, I have been to literally <laughs> thousands Gosh. of concerts in my life, which is like, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> cool. And then Thanks. it's like, And he goes, And these are the worst seats I've ever had. <laughs> Just, or just crapped on Fox immediately and then just like took his award and left. That's when he knew he's a legend. Um, that but, year, by the way, I was looking it up, 2007, the uh, the nominees were James Gandolfini for Sopranos, Kiefer Sutherland for 24, and then Spader for, for Boston Legal, yeah. Hugh, Hugh Laurie for House, and Dennis Leary for Rescue Me. Oh, like, yeah, mm, the Lear. Mm. The other good thing, the only good thing about the Fox one is and I mean this sincerely, Brian and I were talking about this. This is a real talent that not enough people have. They used to always have it. They don't anymore because that shows now ABC. But they used to have Seacrest host it because of American Idol. And he freaking, that guy's on a clock. Like, yeah, he knows what <laughs> he's thing, doing, man. It's like an hour 45. Like, he powers through that thing. No monologue. Comes out. Just starts handing out awards like a radio thing. <laughs> does Reads a couple Toyota ads. And he's in bed by 930 because he's doing AM radio. Um, at 4.30 in the morning or something. That was the only good part about Seacrest doing it. That There was no four-hour ceremony with that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just need a professional host to get up there and host, you know. I yeah. don't... Honestly, they should have just had, like, Hoda and Kathy Lee. Right. That would have been better. Than... Carson Daly. Just yeah. get up yeah, there, Carson... <laughs> yeah. host it, I'm interested. Go on. Yeah. I'm serious. I would rather, much rather Carson Daly than Jostin Chi. Oh, 100%. All right. That does it for Emmy's talk. And the conversation is not going to get any brighter, unfortunately, <laughs> as we welcome our guest and discuss the print. Now we are joined by a guest, Ryan Kirk. Hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for joining us on your vacation out there in Mexico and uh, blocking off time from what otherwise would be spent doing something productive to talk to Predator. We appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. I want to know how that conversation went with the significant other. Of. <laughs> yeah, so for about an hour, I'm going to leave this vacation and talk to three idiots about a terrible movie. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry it's our honeymoon. i got to go see the movie. <laughs> Dude, the best part is she came to the movie with me. That's, that's even better. <laughs> She left. She left after though. She left like during the movie, right? You so still haven't gotten contact with yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about your divorce. 
<laughs> yeah, I think she erased it from her memory already, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm trying to. Let, let me know if I if you can help with that. Because... Right, yeah, what's the secret? Yeah. Yeah. You, you got a black flashy thing where I'm in. I'm in. I do not, sadly. <laughs> All right, so just to introduce you, um, we're going to get to know you a little bit. What is your favorite movie that you grew up on or favorite franchise you kind of return to all the time? Uh, I would probably, it's, it's always a toss-up between like the same three movies that I always remember from being a kid, but uh, I would say right now it's probably Aliens. I seem to be watching that one a lot. Um, other than that, probably Jurassic Park. Those are probably my two that I always come back to. Cool, so kind of in the same vein as, uh, as this. Um, so, have you seen Now You See Me? <laughs> uh, of course I've seen that masterpiece. It's, it's oh, goodbye. <laughs> it's been good. No, just kidding. Um, yes, uh, we require everyone as a guest to see Now You See Me. So, if you're planning on being a guest anytime soon, go ahead and see it. Uh, otherwise, you're not allowed. Well, we're going to get right into the Predator talk. And... Um, I just want to kind of reiterate and backtrack a little bit to the VIP conversation we have. We all three um, like Predator. We thought that there was a potential for Predator maybe someday to reach its potential. Uh, maybe it already has in 1987, but uh, I was under the impression that this is something that uh, could be done good and right eventually. And this was not it. Not even close. Uh, I really – was totally optimistic going into this movie. Even with the bad reviews, I was optimistic because, like, man, it's a Predator movie. You know, it's a small kind of target audience thing. A lot of critics probably don't understand what the original Predator was or they forgot about it or they're mad that they're rebooting it or what have you. There's totally a number of reasons for a bad review. I understand that. Um, from frame – I think it was 14 I counted. Frame 14. <laughs> I was totally out on this. Um, and it never – Felt good. It was probably the most offensive movie I've seen in the last couple years on about 75 different levels that we'll go into. Um, it didn't know what to do with the Predator. It didn't know the setting. It didn't know any of the characters. There were way too many characters. And um, this makes me really doubt Shane Black as a filmmaker um, that he could let this happen, um, be behind it, direct it, write it. And um, he was in Predator, the original movie. He has no excuse for this. It's so confusing as to how this could be this bad and this much of a mess. Um, I am floored by this movie. I, I wanted to talk about it immediately after getting out of the theater with you guys. <laughs> I had to wait a day, but I'm really, really excited uh, to discuss it further. But this was just a pile of absolute crap, and I cannot emphasize crap enough. This was horrifically bad. Um, on every level that I can think of. So, Ryan, love the movie, right? You get A plus. <laughs> um, it's it's hard for me to even critique the movie. Uh, other than I feel like the the whole tone is just off for yeah. me. Um, I think Predator, especially the the first film, but. Uh, any of the Predator movies that have been good is when they're taking it seriously. Uh, and this one tries to go the, the mm -hmm. humor route um, with Shane Black. It's kind of his style. Uh, and I don't know if that's something that really meshes with the, the type of movie this should be. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like for the if they were planning on going the humor route, I think this might this might be the the best that you could get. Um, I just don't think that the the humor and the the tone they're going for really fits with this this uh, universe or this property. I don't. I just don't really know if that's a way they should go with this type of film. Um, kind of disappointed, but at the same time, I enjoyed seeing the Predator on screen. I feel like there should be like ten of these movies by now. Uh, I think it's just a really underused property and they haven't really figured out how to turn these things out mm-hmm. um, in a fashion that they could be doing. Absolutely. Brian. Yeah. Like it, I wanted, I very, very badly wanted this to be good. I, I like the predator series. It's, I, I think you're right, Ryan. It's weird to me that we, you know, this thing started 30 plus years ago and this is the fourth predator proper plus two, alien versus predators but that's kind of a, a little bit of a different thing it, it just seems like i feel like the blueprint is there for success and yet um we're, we're still seeing like predator 2 is pretty terrible predators i think is really solid film but it for what it is but it, it didn't make quite the mark that it didn't launch the franchise anyway that they thought it was going to so maybe maybe there's not as much of a market for this as i as i think there is but on paper, I was incredibly excited about this. I think Shane Black f- felt like the right person to bring about like kind of the renaissance of this franchise. It seemed like if anybody was going to understand how to do that and how to make a Predator movie work, he would be the guy because he, you know, has the background. And I think <laughs> I at least felt like had the right sort of chops and skills to uh, to do that. And I could not be I, – I, I won't say so much that I'm disappointed because I, I felt like the trailers were bad. And I was – I think that's something you can take from a trailer more than anything else. Like you're getting a little glimpse of the action uh, and just like kind of what the film looks like. But I think you can get a feel for tone and uh, style in some ways from a, from a trailer. And I felt like the whole – I just every, – every trailer that dropped, it felt like – the internet was just like, man, this looks awesome. Can't wait. This is going to be great. And I am kind of sitting back like, I, there's something wrong here. It doesn't, this doesn't fit what I feel like we should be going for. I thought Super Predator looked really stupid in the, the trailers. And I don't know. I was nervous going in. I kind of expected, I think by the time we actually got to the week of the release of the movie, I was expecting this is not going to be good, but hopefully it will at least be entertaining. And instead... Um, this might, this might be the worst action movie I've ever seen. Like, I just can't, I can't. It's up there, man. Yeah. Like there's, there's worse in the sense of anyone who's listened to this show over the past, like I, Transformers is horrendous. And if you count Batman v Superman as a action movie, then it's, you know, all these, there are probably worse action movies, but I am big on grading based on kind of opportunity lost and what could have been and this this on paper should be exponentially better than any transformers movie that shouldn't be even any close given uh the pedigree and the cast and the director and all this sort of stuff and instead you're right Kent. like from i didn't count the frames but it was 
I would say within two minutes of the movie starting, I was like, nope, as this soon as is it wrong. starts off with a, with a wrong, spaceship man. flying through the atmosphere, yeah. I was like, nope, yeah, it, it, <laughs> already it looked, it looked terrible. Um, and that was just such a it was such a bad way to start things off. And then once the movie starts to unfold, um, <laughs> I felt like I was perpetually presented with one of two things, one being horrendous plot that has it's not even that it has holes like it it everything that made the movie is a hole like it just it was so it's so haphazardly thrown together that it felt like one of those movies where you know sometimes you see a movie and you're like well it was two hours long but it was very clearly a seven hour long draft you know once in the script and that's what this felt like it felt like he wrote freaking war and peace of an of a script and then was just like ah we'll just use this scene and nah we'll we'll throw this in there's no i don't need heavy exposition in a movie like this but if you're gonna build a plot around stuff that needs exposition then you better give me the exposition and there's no establishing shots of literally anything that happens throughout character wise action wise setting wise it doesn't matter like nothing Nothing has an establishment of, like, where do they get a helicopter or anything, anything. I mean, that happens – I can overlook that stuff two times, five times, whatever. But it is – it's, like, literally every frame of the movie just comes out of nowhere. And so it's that. It's this porous, terrible plot. And the other thing that I'm getting just shoved in my face over and over again is jokes that are, A, just very – very unfunny just really didn't land and be um really a heavy dose of of uh of extra layer of offense layer just kind of slathered on there from the yeah. very cheap sorry ridiculous... if you yeah sorry if you have any kind of i don't know disability what, th- yeah. Th- yeah this 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 felt the need to to joke about people with disabilities on and, and during a predator movie yeah, i don't know yeah, what? So, look, I I am not I I feel like we've done this show whatever 450 episodes. Probably the number of times that I have come on the show and said I am offended by something is maybe five at most. Like it's that is I am not somebody who gets easily offended. I feel like jokes have their place. I don't mind being if my whatever my people or my particular tendencies are the butt of the joke. I don't care, so I don't get offended very easily. But goodness, like when within the first three minutes, pretty much, maybe maybe five, when you have a kid calling another just doing the, the very cheap Asperger's joke, I just that really yeah. kind of sets the tone for where we're headed. And it just gets worse from there. And I boy, I, I could not I couldn't believe that we got a retarded joke. I couldn't believe that the Tourette's uh, Thomas Jane's entire existence within this movie is just to make fun of just to be made fun of for having Tourette's and there's no I'll, I'll stop talking in a second I'm sorry this is going on and on for but the the thing is a make the jokes funny if you're gonna go that route if you're gonna if you're gonna be extra offensive and non-pc yeah, it's a and all, rope. you gotta be really funny with it but b it's important and this is I think where, where it missed and I had this debate with somebody on Twitter which is a stupid thing to do but the it's one thing to make like you, the three of us, we say horrendous stuff to each other off the air in text threads or whatever. Mostly about our guests. Right. (laughs) 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 Um, But no, look, we all say pretty horrendous stuff to each other. 
it's not just that that stuff is private versus put in a freaking Predator movie for the whole world to see. It's that there's a camaraderie of we are all kind of in on the joke. If we're if if I'm making fun of Richard or Richard is making fun of Kent or Kent is making fun of me, it's it's a kind of like an understanding that we are all a part of one. We're like we're all in on it, and this is the exact opposite. This kid. Uh, I want to talk, I guess, later more on the, the Asperger's thing, but that's it was horrendous on that front. But uh, uh, the Thomas Jane with Tourette's, there's no, there's no in on it. It is just straight mockery of people with disabilities over and over and over again, like to the point that that becomes the main theme of the movie yeah. for a solid thirty minute stretch, and that's just. A, it's terrible, but B, it's unfathomable that we can get this in a, like you said, in a Predator movie. That that's what we're, <laughs> that's what, this is not it's, like, yeah. it, it's, not, it's not like an indie movie with, right. it's not just Kiss Bang Bang, you know, it's, this is a freaking Predator movie. Like, this is, this is a hundred million dollar big budget blockbuster movie, and this is what we get. It's, I can't believe that the studio let this happen, honestly. I feel like this is a movie that we should have heard come like August. We should have gotten the, hey, Predator got pushed back. They're doing yeah. extensive reshoots because yep. everything needs to be redone in this. And it's it's borderline insane that it, that it got to this point even. Oh, man. You just – you believe it or not, audience, ma'am, fam, Brian just scratched the surface. And I'm, I'm excited oh. to <laughs> uncover it after yep. Richard's uh, initial <laughs> thoughts here. Richard, if you want the next ten minutes, go for it. So, no, no, I won't go. I want, we, I want to have a discussion. I don't want to monologue on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian's special need is a need to be heard. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it was weird. It's a very, I won't even say offensive because you've covered. It's that a very part confused of it. movie. Yeah, it was very surreal. I've, yeah, I was. I just saw it minutes ago. I came straight here to record. Uh, private, private car service. Plus yeah, over black. Little, yeah. yeah, motorcade. No big deal. Because <laughs> um, I've got a pod, you know. Um, but it was, yeah, it was very. I kind of was just. I kept looking around the theater. I was there by myself, which was confusing. No one was else was there really. Um, it was. It was a very the the the. I kept thinking I missed something earlier in the movie. Like I kept, like was there, mm-hmm. was there like a. A Tarantino Roadshow esque thing where I showed up for the previews, but those were the middle of the pack previews. Was there a was there a credit scene? I you know I was just like, what's going on? I don't and because I, I felt like they were commenting on something, satirizing something that wasn't quite apparent, mm-hmm. and the humor was so jarring. It was like, okay, there's no way they're doing this without some kind of note of like. Um, commenting on something like you know what i mean making fun right, of someone that would make right. fun. and then it's like that moment never comes so you're just conf- and I, again like to reiterate brian's point i'm like normally the last person to i say some truly you guys think i'm rough on this show you should know me in life <laughs> i and 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 you know when i'm like kind of clutching my pearls like this isn't cool and a lot of it's right. just 2018 right. and brian you're right there's something about that where it's if it's in a there's some jokes in um, in uh, the is it not the other guys? What's it called? The nice guys. The nice um, guys. and there's some stuff in Kisses, Bang Bang. We're like, Ooh, okay. I'm blown away that it's the same but, guy as the nice guys, man. I Just, know. Yeah. Like I laughed so hard in the nice guys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I 
Something's going on, man. I don't know. This is like Ang Lee when he made – this is the Billy Lynn of Predator movies. That's what this is. (laughs) It's so confused on tone and it goes so – dreadlocked walk. Oh my gosh, man. Uh, that uh, yeah, flashback to Billy Lynn, and which is ironically like around this time last year, I think when we uh, discussed that or two years ago. But uh, man, go ahead, Richard. Sorry to interrupt. Um, the Shane Black yeah. you were talking about. Yeah, no, you're you're cool, man. It was just yeah, I think maybe he had so much heat coming off uh, the nice guys that he was able to just be like, trust me, I know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna take this back, you know. And they were just like, yeah, this seems weird, but it's. Gonna be- <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just it just didn't. Everything fell flat. And then yeah, I'm I'm the guy. I have kind of the Seinfeld uh, thing where like nothing is offensive if, if it's funny, but if it's gonna be offensive, it better be pretty darn yeah. funny. Um, right. And I'm fine with that. There is an equation where you can go really inappropriate or or touchy or mean or whatever, but that joke better hit. Mm-hmm. And if that joke doesn't hit, which none of these did, whether it was the writing or the acting or some combination thereof. Then it's so apparent, right? It's a tightrope without a net. You go, okay, right. well, this is right. Anyway, let's get into specifics. Yeah. yeah, let's start off right at the beginning. Uh, so like <laughs> I reiterated, they talked about a space war at the beginning. Um, the, the spaceship crashes into the woods, and then uh, – I was out at that point. <laughs> and then – yeah, once the woods <laughs> came into the picture. <laughs> Yeah, it's surprising that you like Predator. With all, that's more jungle than woods, actually. So yeah, it, was, exactly. it was different. Cool jungle. Um, so crashes into the woods, and then it like wakes up our main character, and like the way he wakes up was so bad. It was like a, <laughs> no. it was like watching the room, you know, like the acting, like right off the top. How many takes did they have to do of like, all right, this is when you wake up because a giant crash was in the, and that was the best one they got. Like it was. Just the small details like that were super off in this movie. Um, and uh, so he goes in to investigate the crash, right? He's a soldier. Mm-hmm. And he comes across a, a comes across a crash, right? Uh, finds some debris and finds like a predator armband and then takes the armband and uses it as a weapon and then goes in. Oh. And mails it to himself, right? He 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 basically becomes the predator, right? Uh, he 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 g- gains the abilities of the predator through the mechanical device, right? And mm-hmm. so once it starts going down this path, I'm like, okay, it was a weird spaceship crash at the beginning, but I, I kind, I'm kind of into this. Maybe they're doing like a, you know, he discovers the stuff and then he becomes the predator, and then it's. There's actually two predators, and one of them, one of them is a human, and then it's like we're the real predators, and there's this whole like big satire behind it, you know. And no, not even close. It was just like that was the only indication of that ever being a possibility in this movie. It went straight down the Asperger's road, Brian. Like you Gosh, said, man. cuts to Jacob Tremblay, Oscar nominee Jacob <laughs> Tremblay, uh, as he is playing chess and being made fun of at school for his. Um, abilities, but he is a savant and has used his abilities for good, which I'm totally for the flipping a disability on, like, it's actually a strength kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. this did none of that. It made the disabilities a disability on pretty much every level, and, uh, you know, this is Jacob Tremblay played the kid in what that movie Wonder, where it's about the kid with the deformed face and everything. So I think he understands the material and what was going on, but the direction was just 
bad. The perform- Horrible. The performances yeah. were off on every level on this movie. I don't know. The script was bad, but I mean, if you're a good director, you can take a bad script and make it work with with editing, with with performances from good actors. Right? You can kind of get by. Um, there was no getting by any of this. No, uh, no. On any on any front, and just like the. Again, the small things like the font that they used for the subtitles was bad, like horrible. I don't know yeah. why I hated that. Made me hate the movie even more. No, I uh, agree with you. Know, I totally like, agree with you. I had the same <laughs> thought. Yeah, like the Ryan Gosling papyrus sketch. Oh, it was worse than papyrus. <laughs> it's a worse font than I don't know what it was. Trajan or something. Field Earth. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was bad. Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert was a consultant on the. Uh... <laughs> um, but. So it goes down that road, and then we get a lot of 3D images of of uh, maps and things, which is fine in this, I guess, if you're going to explore the technology. They didn't really do a lot with the Predator mode, like it actually being invisible or it, it actually you know using the heat-seeking mode or anything like that, which I was you surprised know, of. The stuff that's really cool. Yeah, the stuff that's everything. really cool about Predator and that everyone actually likes. You know, the Predator music, I thought they would bring that back too, the vintage 80s soundtrack of that. They didn't do that either. There's a really bad um, non-contemporary score, like a classical score to this, which felt off. It felt like it needed a little bit of electronic feel to it. And then um, let's talk about the bus scene. Because this might take forty minutes, <laughs> so they they, uh, they attempt this, I don't know, Reservoir Dogs esque kind of scene where they're introducing ten characters at once, and uh, it's the scene in Forrest Gump, Brian, where he's like, "Tech <laughs> Dallas from Detroit, Tex, I don't know where Tex come from." It's basically that. It's a culmination of that in a bus, and um, yeah, that's where the, uh, the the Tourette stuff comes into play. Uh, um, Keegan Michael Key is here um, and does something. <laughs> he's, he's here. Yeah, I, I I don't know what his contribution was other than to just kind of be a comedy relief for the Tourette's guy. I, um, I just don't know how anyone at the studio or anywhere saw this movie and was like, all right, good. Let's uh, sign mm-hmm. off that, this marketing check. Let's get the poster made. Let's, you know – how no one was "quote unquote" woke enough to see this <laughs> as not only offensive but just a bad, bad movie. Uh, I know yeah. it released yeah. released in September, and we're gonna get emails like, "Well, they knew it was a flop, so they just threw it out in September, and I'm gonna get it over with." And um, I think you could have salvaged this, or not released it, or yeah. put it on no, Netflix, I, or sold it to Amazon, I, or something. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that at all, dude. I. I think they were pretty chesty about they this, this was good. movie they got yeah. here that's gonna yeah. set everything up. I, I just that, that's what boggles my mind as much as anything is that it feels like he snuck this into the release calendar, and it's just like, well, we can't find a copy of the film, so we we can't do screenings, we can't watch it. No one has seen this movie except for Shane Black. It's like. Uh, what's that? What's the Julia Roberts, Billy Crystal movie? The uh, uh, American, American Sweethearts. Like where where Crystal where uh, uh, Walken has like he wouldn't let anybody see it. That's what it because there's so many steps in the process. We I don't know. Like this seems like the type of thing that at the very least we should be sitting here being like, 
clearly the studio interfered with this and it kind of messed up whatever we were going for. And and maybe if we saw the director's cut, you know, doesn't it feel like that kind of movie? But instead, it's like, uh, no, this is definitely the director's cut because there's no one. No one should have uh, allowed this to happen if not for what you said, Richard, of just like, well, we trust Shane Black, so I guess we're going to go with it. That's that's maybe the most unfathomable thing to me about this whole <laughs> this whole thing. I, I I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it just didn't it didn't go for what a Predator movie should be, right? A Predator movie should be a very simple thing of Predator, we got to kill it. The end. That's all Predator should be about. Um, this movie tries to be about a lot about families reconnecting, about PTSD in a way, and then you weave. Uh, we haven't even mentioned. We're twenty three minutes into our review of the Predator. We haven't even mentioned Olivia Munn, which is a. Can we not mention her? We can. Just we can get not, her out of but movies. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan of her as an actress anyway. But just to mention her to say, how did she? <laughs> wake up in her trailer read the script every day and go on set and do this movie and not like completely leave the the project every line she had i would have been offended for it to come out of my mouth onto film right for when yeah. women's rights uh you know um the 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 typecasting of her being an attractive female who's quote this is a direct quote wrote the book on evolution so sorry charles darwin uh her character <laughs> literally they say that in the movie you wrote the book on evolution yeah. like, uh, her her entire that's really funny character. her character was... her character background when they explain why she, they brought her in is she says when she was six she wrote the president a letter i told that i had this aliens, she goes I was like what this is the quote brian it's better than that it says quote i told nasa if you ever find a space animal, give me a call. Oh, Direct quote: okay. Space animal. Yeah. When she was six, she write uh, so. Well, she's really into zoo animals, so. First. Yeah. I. That's. That's the worst, and I like. I can movie dust the idea of like she's a. <laughs> she's a biologist who is very well equipped to handle all kinds of weapons and just take out bad guys left and right and. Such, I like that's okay. we do that with dudes all the yeah, time. Yeah, we do that with dudes like, all the time. Just as ridiculous as Chris Hemsworth would exactly. be that, right? We, we get yeah, it. that's fine. I guess, but like, you have to, you have to, again, I've said, I, I'm sorry, I've said this so many times, but you have to give me a reason to buy in. That's all you have to do. If you just give me something that along the line, somewhere in there where I can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. It's, it's dumb, it's stupid. Of course it is. It's an action movie. I'm in, but that's, it's fine. But when you start off with that, like, yeah, she's a biologist who wrote a letter at age six that somehow got her into the most confidential thing that the, you know, that our government can possibly be a part of. I just like, what are we doing here? Who, who decided, like, was there backstory that was cut out or was this it? Was this all that we had is this is her entire character. I just, gosh, it's so, it's so bad. It's so bad, man. And I felt bad for her. I like Olivia Munn. I don't know if she's a good actress or not. It doesn't I whatever. But I didn't think that she was out of place with the cast or like she or go you know, think going in that there's no way that she could pull this off. I'm fine with it. I just uh, you gotta <laughs> every line she says is offensive. Man. To, yeah, it's not it just that they like... do it's that they it's it's almost like he actively worked against her. Yes. 
with, yeah. with the way that it, the character's written and, and the, the dialogue and stuff. And frankly, you know, we they had the big thing last the week before this movie came out of that she's in a scene with a, a registered sex offender and all this sort of stuff that, and that got caught out, caught or cut out. The like when she shows up at the secret government lab, the first line out of Sterling K. Brown's mouth is, "Want to meet a predator?" And I was like, "That's the most tone deaf thing that has ever happened. You can't yeah. do. You yep. have to cut that out." Yep. And some. Maybe it didn't matter in the original edit, but once the – I mean that was all anyone was talking about for a solid day on movie Twitter was yeah. this whole thing of her being in a scene with a registered sex offender and how incredibly gross and uncomfortable that is to be put in that situation unknowingly and then to the point that we have to cut it out of the movie and then that's the first line that she gets is one of me to press. I just – well, no, they, say, fo- they follow no, that up, Brian. do that. They follow that up. She walks directly into a decontamination chamber and right. disrobes, gets, gets butt right. naked, and it, it felt. And then when she's trying to leave, the predator like wakes up Independence Day style, right? And then she's trying to leave, and then she can't leave until being decamp- decontaminated. So she gets naked again, and then <laughs> it felt like that scene in in uh, Star Trek when Alice Eve just takes her shirt off, like, and she's in a bra, and it's just like. Oh, I guess Alice Eve's in a bra now. Like that's the only reason like she was in the movie so we could see right. her in a bra, right? That's what it felt like. Just this horrible um objectification of a woman. Like even in the scene where she's with another man and they're being decontaminated, right? They're only focusing on her the entire time, right? Um there are several scenes where she's hit on by the soldiers. Um I won't even mention the one with, with the Tourette's guy. That's a good three-minute yeah, scene, and it's just the worst. Most, of, I mean, we we keep this podcast clean, or else I would say the line. But if you've seen the movie, let's just say it has to do with cats, right? Okay, it has to do with cats <laughs> and Olivia Munn. Daniel Callis. And um, <laughs> and man, I almost left. Like I don't leave movies, but you know, if I this, do. if you this, made me stay because you're a jerk. Oh, I always stay for the sake of the show. I have to. I have a duty. I right? leave on, on for the sake of the show. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta you gotta stick to the bit. I understand that. I totally get it. But um, it's a good like, bit. if this had, if I don't know, in May we saw an article. It's like Olivia Munn walks off set of The Predator, and then we saw this movie. We'd be like, oh, yep, totally get it. Totally, <laughs> it would. I, that's why I'm just blown away that everyone did. They really think that the at Predator was a big enough series, like it. If you're on Star Wars, right, for example, you're like, you're not going to leave Star Wars, right? No matter how offended you are or you think this is bad or whatever, it's like, yeah, but it's going to make $900 million and I'm going to be a star for the rest. This is The Predator, the sixth Predator movie reboot. I just can't believe that uh, our our boy from Firefly and everything, Brian, agreed to do that. (laughs) Like, what is going on? I mean, when you see the script, our... I feel like I feel like I'm the the victim here because Hollywood <laughs> approved of this. You know, like I I feel like I'm wrong for saying this is wrong because apparently 99 out of 100 people that had that eyes glanced over this movie before it came out, and, you know, gave it the green light or at least didn't say, you know, this could maybe not use that one scene where I'm not even going to say it, but um but yeah, it it's it's the most tone deaf movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, 
That was that's the number one takeaway. That's what you want from a Predator movie, right? You walk out being like, boy, they really Shane Black might not be built for 2018 because they really missed that. That was really, really bad on that front. Exactly. Um, we got we get we go to the uh, what's the main dude's name? Not Charlie Hunnam, but Charlie Hunnam <laughs> version two. Boyd Boyd Holbrook. <laughs> Boyd Holbrook. Um, Zone, yeah. We go to his house. Uh, Jacob Tremblay's mom's uh, house, who's a son or whatever, and then she's a painter of all nude paintings, apparently. And then they're doing a scene with that. Like, what? What does any of this have to do with Predator? <laughs> yeah, it, for, it's like for how it, short this movie is and how non-existent the plot is. You would think that they could just like if you told me this I should be John should... Wick with Predator. This should just right. be the raid. Yes. It should Absolutely. be. It should be dread. It should Absolutely. be just yes. shoot them up like two dudes. It, this should be starring the Rock, and it's the Rock versus the Predator, and mm-hmm. it's shooting. I thought on, from a gore perspective, I think this kind of had what you would want from a R-rated Predator movie in terms of like beheadings and things like that. Like it, it knew where to yeah. go on that level, but in terms of setup of scenes, you know, creating tension. Uh, you know, blocking a scene. I don't like. He didn't yeah. know how to move it. It didn't feel like a director who knew at all what they were doing, yeah. or had directed no, I totally, a movie I totally agree. before. If you would, if you would have told me going in, this movie is an hour and forty-seven minutes long. It has the plot is horrendous. Like there's just it's just full of plot holes. I would think that it would be because we just went so heavy on the predator and so heavy on the action that right. You know, the plot gets lost when you go into that. And I probably would have been fine with that, but instead, it's it's. <laughs> it it's lost in like you said like oh here's the <laughs> here's a lot of of uh nude paintings and we're gonna get an entire freaking subplot about this stupid alien dog that follows him around <laughs> he gets oh, shot in the head. Oh, what, the alien dog. <laughs> what are you doing like that's not my space I, animal that's what she says she, she, she spa- <laughs> olivia munn spares the dog and says not my uh, space uh, animal I, I, like what i don't <laughs> Can anybody explain that to me? Like, why why does the dog follow them around after he gets shot in the head? How does that affect who... I, I didn't... That didn't make... It seemed like... I was talking to Ariel about this earlier uh, from uh, Geek 101, and he was like, well, the deal is it just... They wanted to have Alien Dog follow him around, so they just found a way. Well, obviously, every time you shoot an animal in the head, it it just becomes, it becomes your oil. best friend. It does. I, I tried it. Best yep. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it really feels like, you know, hundred million dollar budget. Uh, this will shoot this for fifty million. Um, we'll get a B unit director to do it, and we'll pay Shane Black fifty million to put his name on it. <laughs> so, it it does not feel like a movie. Like I said, that was made by anyone who. It felt like Tommy Wiseau made a Predator movie, and uh, Tommy Wiseau probably would have done a better job. Um, speaking of the wife of Charlie Hunnam too. Um, she apparently knew every single kill that her husband had in the military, which aren't yeah, you not allowed to even sh- even like, share that? Oh, it was MacGruber, the yeah. University of Texas El Paso <laughs> scene. There were like multiple MacGruber scenes. There's a MacGruber scene where they, you know, where MacGruber, and we're using MacGruber as a reference for this, uh, which is funny <laughs> at all. But uh, you know where MacGruber where he's, he goes ham on... <laughs> 
on Dieter's compound and he's just ripping throats like insanely. Yeah. There is a scene in here where one of the dudes is not ripping throats, but like well, he's got a knife or something. And I'm pretty sure that they just stole that shop for shop from uh, got another throat rip in. Got to make that a turkey. Um, and that's not good, I don't think, um, because MacGruber was a comedy. But this was trying to be a comedy, right? Yeah, but yeah, like I said, the, you're not – correct me if I'm wrong, military man fam, but you're not allowed to tell your spouse when you, yeah, hun, killed four people today and or anything like that. I think you're sworn secrecy to everyone ever. Um, so that was a uh, little – so disrespecting the military is always good. you know. Um, let's <laughs> – I have riding the ship. Like riding, like physically riding the ship. Um, oh yeah, big scene with that. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. You want to mention him again? And what? What was going on with like the smoking and then the Nicorette? Was there something supposed to be happening there? Ver- like they never, they <laughs> never mention, they never comment on that ever. <laughs> like one of them smoking and one of them's ne- like, is that supposed to imply that he used to be? the military guy that now he's quit and he's taken the other side. So now he quit smoking and he's got the Nicorette, like the military guy smokes a lot, but he, I don't know that there's a lot of subtle, um, kind of plots there that just never are mentioned again. Brian, do you have that article? It's like 30 unanswered questions about the the predator. Can you pull a few of those up that we can just mention here? Right. Uh, so this is on the ringer. They did 33, 33 possibly unanswerable questions about the Predator with uh, Chris Ryan and Andrew Grittardo. And look, Chris Ryan is one of my nemesis. I don't I, – I disagree with him like nine times out of ten, but he I, I was – he hit the nail with this one. It was, it was spot on. They had many questions about Jacob Tremblay's version of Asperger's, all of which uh, are appropriate questions because I was in – very offensive portrayal and i can't believe that that made it to screen um like just to be clear we're super in spoilers at this point this was a big section within the questions and i i very much appreciated them so i'll I'll sum up some of these these questions the (laughs) i guess the central plot of this movie is that the the initial predator is coming to earth because he is sympathetic to the plight of humans. So the good predator is coming to give us a weapon that will help us kill all the bad predators when they inevitably come to destroy us. And yet, (laughs) when he crash lands, he's been on Earth for, I don't know, maybe 12 seconds, and he immediately skins a human. Like, that's the first thing he does. He just grabs a, a dude and skins him to death. Um... So their questions were, why did the good predator go rogue? What kind of literature did he read about global warming? Um, did we talk about the giant co- predator yet, guys? Yeah, I, seriously. <laughs> uh, and, but more to the point, why didn't the good predator tell anyone he was good? And why did the good predator kill so many humans in his mission to save humans? Which uh, was pretty pretty spot on. Pretty spot on. I, I mean, literally, he's been on the ground for 10 seconds and he's already just super murdered a dude i just i don't know i don't know um yeah they asked some questions about jake Busey, which is you know always good always good to spend time always a good topic see he asked about sterling k brown chewing the gum um 
why do many questions about the dog, which I also I also have. Um, <laughs> if Olivia Munn has security clearance, why does she need to be assassinated to keep the predator a secret? That turned on it. Yeah. I'm just nail just immediately was like, oh, we got to kill her right off the bat. Uh, even though we brought her here to see this exact same thing that she saw. Um, <laughs> why is she com- so comfortable firing the automatic weapon? Where did the Winnebago come from? That's a great question. Also, the helicopter. They, like, vehicles just show up out of oh, nowhere. Oh, and it's pitch black. They're like, that's a C-130. It's not a civilian. <laughs> How do you... <laughs> you, have, you have bionic contact lenses going? The yeah. Predator... Con- I don't know. The, the only yeah. moment that was kind of like... I don't know, a little self-aware was when Jacob Tremblay went outside on Halloween with the, the Predator helmet on. I thought that was yeah. pretty clever, yeah, and I could see that working in a, right. in a better movie. But, and uh, then he yeah. murdered a guy with a missile. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and then he then he murders an entire family, and we're not joking. <laughs> yeah, with the, And it's like a funny bit because he, he terrorized his, his own bullies. This was a big one for me. Um why was Alfie Allen a why was Alfie Allen in this movie but why was Alfie Allen's character a dual citizen why was he in the US army even though he had a very distinct british accent but also it sort of ranged into irish accent at times i don't have a good answer for that one at all that seemed like he's the least important character within this movie of very unimportant characters and i don't i don't get it i don't know why you couldn't just cast somebody cuz it's it's just a weird thing to be like, yeah, that one U.S. Army veteran who's insane, he's British, sort of. But just, <laughs> yeah, does it? I don't know. Like, why? Why do we? Why do we need that? Um, what? What happened to Jacob Trimbley's mom? Last seen running away from her house that was under attack from the giant predator. I don't think we ever see her again, which is weird. Um, and and then the the very end. What was the hiring process like for for Trimbley to get a job with the top secret government agency interfacing with extraterrestrial life? Right, which is four years old, six years old, or whatever he is in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's running the government pretty Fantastic. much because yeah. he's such a savant. Um, that's I don't. That, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know, guys. I don't even know. Let's Super hit on the let's hit, let's hear from oh, Ryan. Man. Do you have any? Do you have any more thoughts, Ryan? Oh, so many thoughts. Um, uh, for overall, my positive notes, you touched on it just briefly. The mm-hmm. fact that it's R rated, yeah. uh, predator movies should be violent and gory. So at least, at least they got that right. Um, this might have one of the weirdest editing moments I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Sterling K Brown, his character, I think his name was Trager. I think that's what it was, but he's, he's in the movie a lot and he's charismatic when he's on screen. Um, and then he he's just killed off in the background of a scene yeah. in the woods. Yeah, yeah like, it's just like, like uh, he's he's like just no in the background. Two classes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just built up as this big, big bad guy, anti likable guy, and then he's just in the background of one scene and he just shoots himself in the head. And he shoots himself. It. himself. Okay, is that what happened? He yeah, like I almost head? missed. I, it. I literally couldn't tell. I, I it was so so dark. The contrast of the film was so bad. Like I don't. I couldn't see what happened. Yeah. He just sort of blew up, I guess. I, yeah. I genuinely couldn't see it. That was it, it would be like in Die Hard if if you're been dealing with Hans Gruber the whole movie and then in one scene he's just in the background and he he dies somehow and you never see him again and no right. one ever comments on it. Like <laughs> it makes no sense. And then yeah. um just sitting here, I like the end of the movie they they basically just 
throw it in your face after you sat through the whole movie. They reveal that uh, the thing that he brought to Earth, the Predator, like, killer armor, whatever they call it. Um, literally, why didn't they just do the movie where the Predator comes and we get that device and then it's just someone who's been trained to use that hunts predators when they come to earth like they right. give you this that's what awesome... i thought it was going to start off with i thought this yeah. was going to be a dude finds a predator suit and then that's the predator it like it in a very shane black uh mandarin fashion right and it's going to totally yeah. swerve you on what you thought it was going to be and it still could have been entertaining um but about the end and we've spoiled everything we're not sorry <laughs> yeah. don't care don't see it don't go see it um, we're we're spoiling it so that you won't go see it. Um, they th- it it was very fantastic of we're f- this is gonna be a franchise, right. yeah. yeah. And so this is gonna end on um, a cliffhanger, not a cliffhanger, but like I guess it's my new suit, and like it, it ends clearly leading yeah, to a Bubba. sequel. My new suit, Bubba. And then yeah. um, what? Just so confidently directed by Shane Black at the end, I was like, "Wow!" And just bad dead font si- there too. Bad oh, font. bad, really bad font. De- <laughs> dead silence in the theater for this. Yeah. Didn't work on any level for the six people that were in my uh, theater. In Gosh. terms of the humor, no joke landed. Um, my screening. Did anyone find it funny? Like, were you in the minority of the non-laughing? I was cackling. I mean, yeah. What's, what was it? <laughs> This doesn't even have a so bad it's good quality to it. Yeah, yeah it wasn't enjoy. It wasn't fun. There yeah, are a lot of bad action movies that are fun. This one's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only the only line where I thought it was kind of funny and I enjoyed it was when uh, Sterling Brown's character uh, says why they call it the Predator mm-hmm. because it's cooler or whatever the line was. That that was probably yeah. one of the only lines that I liked. I think of anybody anybody within the cast or character within this movie, the guy who, who should be the most frustrated with how this turned out is, is Sterling K. Brown and, and his character. I th- if there are if there are good points within this, I think it's him. I think I I kind of I got that's the one place where I got what Shane Black was going for. I never quite got to a point where I actually either loathed enough to care or enjoyed what he was doing because he's in the yeah. movie for like seven minutes and then I guess yeah. he shoots himself in the head but I <laughs> I think that was it that one place where I felt like the design at least was good and I thought he was really good at doing it it's just you never get if you're gonna go that route and have him playing that kind of character you've got to give us more screen time to where we can develop actual feelings for him I mean it, it should be that we hate him but we, you know, you kind of, you like watching characters that you hate when they're that kind of bad guy or villain or whatever. And instead, it's just like, he's, he's, he's there, and then he's on screen for twelve seconds, and then we gotta, we gotta get back to jokes about Tourette's, you know. So let's get back to the Winnebago. I, it was completely nonsensical to me on that. I agree. I'm done. I'm done talking about it, man. I. <laughs> I was like, this is brutal. This is in the top three worst movies we've done on the show. Like, I, this, <laughs> Billy Lynn, and Transformers The Last Night. I don't think I've, I've gone this ham on a movie um, the post, before. But yeah. The post. You went, you went, you went pretty hard on the post. 
Dick, how are you gonna crap on Ben Bradley's legacy? <laughs> um, man, uh, I was I, great, great Richard they, impression. They, they uh Solid they, they crapped on Galileo's uh, legacy, so I was pretty pissed. <laughs> Freaking all right. Um, let's grade this out. I'm gonna patent it off at the F minus minus minus. Man, so sad to do it too because man, this this was like an early. In the spring, I would have pre- predicted this to be a, a sleeper hit. Like, if it was, yeah, this was good same, at all, same. this could have gotten us through two or three weeks of September, you know? And the season's just been dead, too. Oh, it's been bad. To dominate. Opening this week is the house, the clock in its walls, um, mm. Assassination Nation, a new Michael Moore movie about Trump. And so that's it. And then, right. um, so Crazy Rich Asians will probably win the weekend again. Um, maybe the nun, then, but then Venom is going to be the new Avatar. So. <laughs> God, Tom Hardy wait. with another mask. Uh, That's what I said. Venom movie coming. <laughs> Tom Hardy mask is is the oh, new white face paint Johnny Depp. It, it's, <laughs> I don't know if it I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it, guys. I don't know if I. Can I don't do think it, I saw but... a trailer for the Predator. Now that you when you mentioned it, Brian, oh. I don't think I saw a trailer for this. I but I have I seen think... the trailers for the Venom, which was in this, and. Uh, Wow. That's the worst trailer I've ever seen. When he's in the convenience War- store and, he, and he's doing the... Just, just eats a guy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like also, the licking, personally. I like when he's just licking. <laughs> speaking of... Um, just before we wrap this and y'all give your grades, just speaking of trailers, uh, during this movie, they I've never seen this before. They showed like three or four yeah, short trailers for El, mm-hmm. El Royale. That's a new yeah. strategy. I thought that was a really good idea, that and cool. that piqued my interest a little bit more. Oh, they they did like I don't know, two or three like thirty second ones, and then they did like maybe a minute and a half one at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really effective in in terms of like teasing. Um, yeah, maybe that's something we'll see more of. But I, I applaud them for trying something different in terms of a trailer and just doing the standard stuff. But uh, yeah, let, let's hit grades for this uh, with our guest Ryan. Grade it. Uh, just because they use such a clever name to name their group of people called the Loonies, uh, I'm going to give this a nice C minus, I think, uh, just pass, just, just passing just because I think nostalgia just for seeing the predator, even if it's not, not a good movie by any means. Um, it's just something that I want to be good, good, but it was so bad, but. So you're pleading the the Batman Shane defense of well Batman's yeah. on screen so I liked it yeah pretty much yeah I'm, right. I'm gonna steal That's that fair. from him but uh, th- there's no reason that these movies should should even be in in this range like this this would be like a fifty point one percent pass or like fifty point a hundred zeros and a one percent like <laughs> there's no reason this movie should be uh, what it is but I'm I'm gonna give it the the pass just barely. All right, Brian. Yeah, it's an F minus minus minus. This is one of the uh, one of the you said three. I would say definitely one of the ten worst movies that we've reviewed in the four hundred and fifty episodes that we've we've done of the show. And uh, hey, Shane Black, you, you can't you can't make retarded jokes, okay? Like just let's that should be. I don't know. Let's not like, be surprised if we don't the, see him for a while. It's bad, yeah. man. It's bad. This was really you could tell know, this like, was his thing too like yeah, he was yeah. 
it just it oh. got to a place where you felt like he's using these characters to make the jokes that he's not allowed to make anymore and that's that's very very problematic to me um it was not not good on any front i i'm oof, oppressively bad oppressively bad so f minus 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 for me i'll send you your thanks your yeah, check yeah. yeah thanks <laughs> all right go ahead richard, richard. you uh, I'm gonna go with a uh, B. No, I'm gonna go. I'll send you a check to on Venmo. Can I'll go F. I'll yeah. I'll go F minus minus. F Just minus predator. Minus. Predator bumped it up from an F minus 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 minus. So awesome. All right, let's move on, guys. Let's hit these recommends. Weekly recommends. Okay, go ahead with I that recommend, Richard. Yeah. Uh, Norm Macdonald has a new show called Norm Macdonald has a show on Netflix and uh, it's really weird and stuff but the guest list is is awesome it's uh, American Treasure David Letterman um, American, uh, North American Treasure uh, Lauren Michaels O'Malley Award winner David Spade uh, and a bunch of different other people Drew Barrymore it's it's just a really it's kind of like his YouTube show he used to do with a bigger budget and uh the bit is kind of he doesn't really tell them that they've started, so it just kind of begins, and they're just kind of shooting the the junk, and then all of a sudden they're into the show. So it's kind of fun to see everyone with their guard down. They're like, wait, are we recording this? Are we? Um, it's it's interesting that it's like a super low budget Netflix show, but it works better, I think, for comedy. But now Letterman show is really interesting. Uh, the guest and the kind of it's basically um, Charlie Rose with Letterman. This works better as like a comedy piece. It's pretty funny. Uh, and weird and everything you expect out of Norm. So Norm yeah. Donald has a show. Awesome. Yeah, it was very similar. He did this on YouTube for maybe a year, and yeah. I watched one. He had Seinfeld on that, and I watched that, and it was very similar format. But same they, but they yeah, but they in same kind of desk style and everything. But they like zoomed in on faces a lot in it. Like they had this extreme yeah. close up angle that it just completely threw me off. And this one, um, I like the format. Very weird, even with this, to throw out eight episodes. I don't know. Like, I really think someday they're going to – Netflix is going to put a tab that says live, and they just have live content, stuff that's better live, and you know they schedule it out. I just don't know. I just don't know how, how many more of these shows they're going to try that aren't going to work, how many more Joel McHale's or Mich- Michelle Wolf yeah. shows or – because I feel bad you know, because – People are doing what they're good at, right? Chelsea Handler shouldn't have been doing anything else than a late night show, yeah. and it didn't work on Netflix because the platform wasn't right. But um, I think they have the right creative mind; they just don't have the platform. It doesn't lend itself to those types of shows. So if this works, I'll be all for it. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I, um, I watched um, the first episode. Who was on the first one? Uh, Spade. Yeah, I watched David yeah, Spade, Spade, and then Spade was great. Yeah, he was really a good. Great storyteller. He's a great interview. I've heard him on Howard Stern multiple yeah. times, and and yeah, he's a great. He tells great stories about SNL and and all that stuff. And he's super kind of at sense of humor about oneself. Like I'm not funny. Like he he he's always <laughs> so confused as to why he was on SNL and with Sandler and all these funny people. He's like I'm. I'm clearly the least funny person in the room at all times you know um which of course makes him funnier yeah yeah Yeah. that's what i mean it's great it's great um yeah i I enjoyed it he had in my Shyamalan on there which was cool and talking about just his career and and being very upfront about not succeeding at things and and norm is a very interesting person and i need more norm in my life for sure i'll never forget him closing out letterman man 
His last Letterman just – I was crying, and he was yeah. so emotional doing Letterman for the last time. It was, uh, it was really good stuff. So congrats, Norm. Hope this works. Good recommend, Richard. Um, Brian, you'll check it out. I know you'll like it for sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, what's your recommend, though, Brian? Uh, I'm going to recommend an album that came out, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago that I just have been playing uh, extensively the last uh, the last uh, few days, and I'm, I really loved it. This has been a band that I've – I have um, – I guess I would say I I really like their hits, and then some of the album stuff kind of comes and goes for me. But they're they're a little bit up and down. I have no clue how either of you guys feel about this band. So whatever, I may just get pulverized. One Direction, here, but, one direction. yeah, wonder wonder yeah, go back. Uh, <laughs> how weird Dave would it be? Matthews band. I just have no clue. The new Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember when we got an email? This is way inside baseball. Way back in the beginning of this whole thing from the guy in i think he was in of course he was in florida who was really shocked that we just trashed on creed in an episode <laughs> you this? Yeah. Just, he just genuinely <laughs> did not know that people hate creed and we were like i mean you can like what you like i'm not doggy but that's a pretty well-known thing right and he's just like no i had no idea like he was very genuine about i kind of felt bad about making fun of a band <laughs> that he really enjoyed that he just had no idea that people People hate it. Uh, anyway, the the, uh, the the band's Death Cab for Cutie, and the the new album is Thank You for Today. Again, it came out like uh, three or four weeks ago, and it's really really good. It's it's a it is an album more so than a you know a collection of songs, which I like, and is a little bit different from some of the stuff that they've done in the last uh, last couple albums. And it's just it's very tight and feels like it. Uh, it feels like the band has kind of cleared out some of the the fog, I guess, and it was it was it's very good. So it's been in constant rotation on uh, on my record player lately, and uh, I've I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it muchly. So there you go. Death yeah. for keep. Thank you for today. Cool. Yeah, I listened to it. Uh, I think what the week weekend it came out. Really enjoyed it, and I'll plan on revisiting it soon. I'm big fan of uh, that band and have been for a long time. So good that they're making music again. Um, yeah, I know they yeah. had a member leave, and mm. Ben Gibbard's gone through some stuff in his personal life, and it's good. I, I always like to see bands stay together and release records. Yeah. That's not easy I, to do in this, yeah. especially in this climate where nobody buys records. <laughs> so oh, yeah, totally yeah. buy records. By the way, that's yes, other, other yeah, support, there. support. Um, yeah, I think it just to. I think it's it's nice. I think it's very clear that the break was good for them. I think. And sometimes you don't see that. Sometimes a band comes back after a break and you're like, y'all should have stayed gone. But this is one I felt like this was, this was an album that felt like it had been building towards this for a long time. It was very good. So Awesome. All right. Um, I'm going to recommend um, a movie that uh, I revisited this past weekend. Uh, came out a couple years ago. We talked, we talked about it a little bit on the show. Didn't do an episode on it. Um, it kind of relates to the movie we're doing in our VIP episode this week, which is School of Rock. Again, if you like School of Rock, Richard Linklater, uh, join us there for that episode. But uh, it's called Sing Street, and uh, really enjoy this movie about kind of a '80s Irish band that wants to be a band in the '80s and is super influenced by Duran Duran and uh, all the UK kind of uh, British pop wave movement of that time. And really fun soundtrack kind of has a uh, um, coming of age story mixed with music, and it's a really fun movie. And um, I remember liking it at the time. Revisited this past weekend and liked it even more. 
Sing Street. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I think it's on some streaming services and things, but it's worth worth checking out the soundtrack if you um, want to do that on Spotify or something. It's got some really fun original original music and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Sing Street worth worth a rewatch if you're if you're curious. If you've just seen it the once, worth a rewatch. Yeah, solid movie for yep. sure. All right, uh, guest, you got to recommend. Uh, I do. Uh, I'm gonna rec- also recommend a movie. Uh, it's quite a bit older. It's celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. Uh, but it's the original Halloween. Yes. Oh, nice. oh yeah. Man. I rewatched it recently uh, with the the quote unquote sequel. However, they're determining that coming out in October. So uh, gave it a rewatch, and it it still holds up. It's still a fantastic horror movie and. Sure, most people have already seen it, but if you haven't or you want to go see the sequel and want a, a refresher on the original, uh, I'd highly recommend it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that the new Halloween looks pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I think the trailer, yeah, if it, 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 it has potential, and I've, I've heard good things. Danny McBride did the screenplay, I think, for yeah, it or really something. Random. Yeah, yeah. Super random. But, um, that's random. Bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back is a, is a great idea, and um, I think that could be cool. She right. can do some damage now that she's activity it up too. Like she'll fight back. <laughs> Man, the the trailer where she's like, "I've been waiting forty years for him to escape. Why would you do that? So I can kill him." And then with her, this oh man, goosebumps. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, good stuff, guys. Fun episode of mm-hmm. Mad About Movies. Man, I am. I gotta go to bed. I really do. This is <laughs> this took a lot out of me. I'm done with it though. That that feels good. <laughs> feels feels like relief. Um, so, where can we find you and your fine work, Brian, on the internet? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle Twelve. You can find my writing at MadAboutMoviesPodcast dot com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Mm. I expect to have something TV related up on the blog uh, probably early next week. I've been I've been working on it, so check that out. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all the social media at uh, at Richard Barden and uh, Mad About Movies. Whoa, podcast dot com and our various newsletters, both VIP and civilian, and uh, all that good stuff. Kent, where can I find you? KentGarrison.com dot com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Kent Garrison as well. And uh, find us online, Mad About Movies Podcast dot com. Uh, we got all our episodes on there, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Leave us a review if you like what you hear. If you want more from us, for only a dollar a week, you get an extra episode, maybe two extra episodes, three extra episodes a week sometimes, and a lot of fun perks. We just shipped out our American Treasure Carrie Fisher screen prints, which are awesome. And, Beautiful. Uh, and good good stuff coming out of the VIP as always. So we'll see you VIPs there for the after party. But until next time, see you at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tough salad and scrambled eggs. Maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed down and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya yeah, yeah. salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again